Hello there, and welcome to the This Human Life podcast. I'm Melissa Nova, and this is a companion podcast to the book, This Human. And we are progressively working our way through the book, reading, telling stories, diving deeper into some of the content. We are uh, working through chapter four, starting on page 120. And we're talking about the heart and the role of well, the role of being connected in with your heart and your emotions in any pursuit of human centricity, really, whether it's designing for people or leading people. The last episode, we spoke about what it meant to be in service of. And this week, we're going to be talking about designing from your heart and what that actually means. Um, it doesn't matter if you have the book or not. If you do want to grab a copy of the book, you can do so at thishuman.com to find out where to get it from. It's available in all your usual places. Or just listen and hopefully you'll find it interesting regardless. All right, for those of you who are following along, this not quite a podcast, not quite an audio book, <laughs> We're on page 120. Heartfelt design. When you design from your heart, you build genuine connections between yourself, the people you're working with, and your work. Designing for meaningful impact requires more than your intellect. It requires your heart. It requires your ability to understand, to see clearly, to communicate well, to have strong will and motivation, to navigate a broad range of emotions and to be present and grounded in the moment. That which is created from your heart will be strong and resilient and stand the test of time. When you design from your heart, you have a deeper commitment to the outcome than just getting through the process. When you truly care about what happens with your work, you bring a different energy to it. There is an intensity and clarity that inspires people and makes it easier and more fulfilling to work with you. Allowing yourself to care about the outcomes of your work can be tough in an impersonal environment. Unfortunately, this is often the case for many work environments. It is really difficult to do meaningful work when you are just moving through the steps in a design process and ticking boxes. But times are changing. More and more people are defiantly following their hearts and their passions. You can have a positive impact and also enjoy the process. There's a little tip here in the corner. When you are disconnected from what you are working on, your heart is just not in it. And that's like a little telltale um, sign. So I've been in the human-centered design industry for two decades now. And I've always been the person in the room advocating for people, whether it's the people that we're designing for or with or the people that we're ultimately accountable to in the work that we do, you know, stakeholders, sponsors, customers, citizens, whoever, I'm always in the room saying that we need to consider their needs and desires and feelings and actually have them as the, the focal point in the decisions that we're making. And it hasn't really been a smooth ride, I have to say, when organisations are so geared towards you know, meeting targets that aren't necessarily created with human centricity in mind. You sort of feel like a little bit of a, a lone voice. 
but I honestly feel and know that we've actually come a really long way. There's lots of organisations out there that are serious about customer centricity and citizen-centred design and employee experience and, you know, organisations have their own design teams, internal design teams, internal customer experience teams. And, you know, we have many examples of CEOs now who are really serious about putting people in the centre of their decision-making. And so it's a really good time from that perspective to be in the field of human-centred design and human-centred leadership. The challenge that we still have, though, I think, is having a bit of a almost like a value set transformation where it actually is the norm to value these sorts of things. It's the norm to be considerate of people's emotions. It's the norm to be considerate of people's very human contexts that surround them showing up and doing work and that it's normal for a CEO to be putting pressure on not just meeting you know growth targets from a financial perspective but to also be hitting well-being targets and just in terms of the value transformation side of things and to also have ecological conversations so a climate and environment and I think we need to move beyond sustainability and talk about regeneration but perhaps that's a podcast for after I finish going through the book but that these sorts of conversations should just be expected and normal and I feel like when people take a stand and they um, share their perspectives and opinions on these on these categories these topics it gives permission for other people to do so as well and I think that's really important I had a recent situation where I was in a in a board meeting and one of the people, gentlemen on the on the call, said some inappropriate things. And another woman on the call called this person and said, that's not appropriate. And it was really difficult for her to do that. And later on, you know, she and I had a conversation and she said that was really difficult. I, I don't think I can do that again. And I was so grateful that she did because in doing so she gives permission to for other people to also advocate for the things that they believe in and to be able to speak what's okay and what's not okay and it's been such a long time where we haven't been able to speak what's in our heart because we're afraid that what we say is not appropriate or we're going to be thought of in a certain light and and it's fear that's preventing us from saying the things that we know we ought to say in that moment and that's what designing from the heart or heartfelt design is about it's about being really clear on who you are and what's informing the decisions that you're making because as human-centered designers what we're doing is putting things out in the world that alter people's experience of reality you know in the form of a product or a service or a strategy or an organization or business or policy and it's really important for you to know who's doing the designing who's you know what values are informing the 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 priority calls the decisions that are being made that result in what comes out at the other end of the design process so that's why i i talk a lot about self-reflection self-awareness you know connection to heart which is really about 
connection to yourself as well. So who are you in this? So I could talk forever about that little bit of a monologue. Last episode had a bit of a monologue too about the US election. So it must be the, <laughs> what is it? The flavor of the month. All right. So on page uh, 121, exercise 4.3, designing from your heart. How do you know when you are designing with your heart and when you're not? It's really very simple. All right. So these are just a series of things. They're like tips and tricks, things to look out for and and do. (laughs) Know what you're good at. What do people ask you for most often? What do you know you can do really well? The reason why I mention that is because when we are working on things that come naturally to us and we know that it's valued. It's really easy to drop out of your head and into your heart because the, you know, the, the internal critic that's going, are you doing this right? And is this what they wanted? And da, 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 is not so noisy. So it's really good for people in, well, it doesn't necessarily mean human-centered design in all disciplines to actually know what comes naturally to them and, and, and to notice what people go to them for you know sometimes you just happen to be a good drawer and people go can you whip up a thing and you know what you're there to do is strategic planning or something that can sometimes feel annoying but sort of contemplate that and do so with all of the other aspects of of your skill set know what you care about if you are drawn to meaningful design you won't need to look very far to uncover what you really care about Write down a description of them and try to understand why you care so much about them. And so this is obviously getting to understanding your value set and why it is that you are drawn to certain types of work and certain types of projects and what lights you up and what doesn't. Ah, Good segue to the next one. Know what you love. Think back to when you were a kid. Remember all the things you love doing. What are they? The things that brought you joy then will probably still bring you joy now. What are the things you do when you're not on project? Write a list. So this is about becoming really attuned to being able to create the circumstances where you can do your best work, essentially. And we often forget about the stuff that we used to love doing. Like, for example, I used to love uh, punching numbers on a calculator. (laughs) And uh, mum always thought I was going to be an accountant or something. But I used to get all of my books and put them on a table and grab a calculator and add up all of the, you know, if they had prices on them, I'd add up all the prices. And if they didn't have a price, I'd type in the ISBN number to the, you know, eight digit limit that calculators had at that time. And, And I used to do that. And also important to know that I was an only child, so didn't really have anyone to play with. So I used to do that sort of stuff. But, you know, reconnecting with the things that you really, that gave, gives you joy. Having awareness of those things helps you incorporate those things into your, into your work. Know where, know where this exists in your work. Look at your work and see where aspects of your passions already exist and where there are gaps. Think about how you might bring more of your passions into your work. So, you know, the, the know what you're good at, know what you care about, know what you love. Obviously, what 
that's directing you toward is to be able to circle in around uh, what you're passionate about. And that doesn't necessarily need to just be worky, you know, it could be outside of work. And then to be looking at, well, what elements of, of this passion are actually present in what I do? And where are the gaps? And and what opportunities do I have to to expand, you know, my passion set <laughs> in the context of my work? And the reason for that is when you are working on something that you're passionate about, it's very easy to occupy your heart while you're doing that. Make space. Our schedules can be so crammed with commitments, there isn't any room to do what we love. Doing what you love occupies space and time, so it is up to you to ensure you create space for your schedule. Block out time for yourself without deciding beforehand what you're going to do with it. One of the, so I run a a deep leadership program, and one of the, there's a few elements to that program one of them is, is action experiments, which are these little, let's call them social experiments that I've designed to help embed and embody the curriculum that we essentially work through together. But another requirement, which is written into the social contract that um, people sign before they start working with me, is that for the deep leadership program to have the impact that it has the potential of having, they need to commit to doing something that they love once a week and that doesn't need to be this extravagant you know I'm going to book myself in for a you know three-day retreat every week that's not the the gist of things you know you might enjoy watching an episode episode of Charlie and Lola with your kid that might be the thing that you love doing and you deliberately set aside that time to do that with your child and you do it in a way where you know the phone's off and you're present and and you're just completely in the joy of the moment or it might be you know there's a particular bike track that you love riding along and you go do that once a week whatever it is but it's a really important discipline actually because it's the discipline of getting used to creating space for your heart for your soul and lastly know when you lose track of time so I've spoken intermittently about flow state so this is sort of alluding to that Think about a time when you were so deeply immersed in your work that you lost track of time. Those occasions when you entered a state of flow and time just disappeared. What were you doing? Make a list of these activities and look for commonalities in those experiences. So this is again building that awareness around what is the the nature of the activity that has you be able to occupy those states of concentration and, and joy and it's really important work. I know it sort of feels a bit, how's, what's this got to do with human-centered design and leadership and, and all of that? But this book actually is about the person. It's not about the process and it's not about the process of leadership. It's about how to be the, the human that shows up and does this type of work and being really aware of you know, who you are and, and what you love doing and how to deliberately create those conditions for yourself will only improve the impact of your work and that's why it's important okay we're getting to the end of chapter four impactful design is not just an intellectual activity it is an activity that requires all of you (laughs) so i often talk about this with huddlers in that you know we have 
so many different intelligences within our bodies. It's not just the gray matter that's in your skull. And to practice, you know, dropping in and, and connecting with your heart and understanding, well, what's my heart telling me about this? Like when you're doing synthesis, for example, to walk around the room and be present with your body. Like what's your body saying? Is there any tightness in your stomach? Is you, Are you getting this sort of feeling about a particular concept or a particular insight? that you can't put words around yet, but you know that there's something there and you want to scratch a little bit further, you know. It's really important that we value the other faculties that are available to us to do insightful work. And to sum up, when you care about what you are creating, you bring an energy and magnetism to it. This charismatic power draws people to you and your ideas. It encourages them to help you create the impact they also believe in. To connect genuinely, you need to be genuine. This requires vulnerability, courage, and compassion for yourself and others. Heartfelt connections lead to heartfelt work. With these connections, anything is possible. So the next chapter explores the energy that you need to fuel your creative process. It comes from within you. It is your intention and your free will. Ooh la la, I'm excited. That's chapter five. So we will be starting that next uh, week. And I will I will wrap up there. Thank you for listening. Uh, remember, if you wanted to check out some stuff on related to this book and this human content, go and check it out on thishuman.com. And if you want to explore working with me one-on-one and want to learn more about the Deep Leadership Program, head over to melissanova.com and have a poke around there. There's a free masterclass that'll give you a good taste of what it would be like working with me and the type of terrain we'll cover. So thank you for listening and I look forward to being with you next week. Take care. Bye.